how's everybody doing? Let me know. Uh, as with uh, the last few episodes of this, you probably want to uh, tweet at us if you want, if you have any questions or such, or any contributions. That's what I would say is the good thing to do. Because who really knows? You know, who really has any idea what's going on? Now, introducing Frank Cifaldi. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Uh, <laughs> and welcome, everybody, to Insert Credit number 115. Uh, as Tim Rogers just indicated, I am Frank Cifaldi, this week's host and, uh, I don't know, showrunner. I like the term showrunner. Showrunner. I, I like that from my days of watching uh, Simpsons DVD commentaries. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, also with us here, uh, and not yet named is Brandon Sheffield. How you doing, Brandon? Hello, that's me. Um, so, we've been kind of theming these episodes recently, and, uh, I thought I would do something a little different, a little familiar. Uh, I'm going to pretend like we're actually, uh, a news-based show. Oh. For a week, and, uh, talk oh, about right. stuff, uh, going on in video games right now. Okay. Um, see how that goes. Uh, so my exercise uh, in doing this was about three hours ago to try to figure out what video game news happened in the last week. And uh, that's a kind of a difficult thing to do, it turns out. Uh, I can't find a website anymore that's just news. And, and, and I'm not saying that even as criticism. It's just true. <laughs> like, uh, I mean... In the old days, I don't know, you could look at, like, Kotaku, and it was all just kind of boring news, right? Uh, yeah. You look at Gamasutra and be like, that's all the industry news. But it's like, now both of those sites are, I don't know, headline minefields of non-news. Like, you know, yeah. I, I love Gamasutra just fine, but about half of the content is, is from the community blogs, and it's kind of hard to tell them apart. They're not clearly delineated, uh, yeah. I think, on purpose. But uh, anyway... Uh, I ended up, uh, believe it or not, my source uh, for video game news, for finding out what happened this last week, for browsing headlines as quickly as I could, was GameSpot. Yeah, that was uh, Chris Kohler's suggestion, wasn't it? It was Chris Kohler's suggestion, uh, which I laughed at at first. Yeah. Uh, But then it turns out, like, oh, this actually is an aggregator for news. So uh, thank you to GameSpot partially at least, uh, for providing the, the news that I read about and uh, still was very underwhelmed by. 
Uh, there's not a lot of news that happens in video games, as you all know. Yeah. I, if if we if we run out, I've got one thing that I'm interested to talk about. So. Cool. I like that. Uh, I am going to do our standard uh, six-minute timer. Oh, uh, excellent. For each one of these questions, um, and I'm going to set that on my iPhone. There we go. Okay. All right. Here we go. Topic number one. So it looks like they're finally making a movie out of the Tetris story. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Yeah. Oh, the story of making Tetris. Sorry. I, yes, I, yes. Not the story uh, of, of why yeah, you're dropping yeah. blocks and, and a line them. comes yeah. down and then shifts right. slightly to the left and forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 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 story of the creation of Tetris and the buying of the rights to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Alexei yeah. Pachetnov and right, Hank so. Rogers. Yeah, yeah Hollywood. There was a, an excellent BBC documentary about that, which I think we've mentioned like a hundred times on this there, show. There, there was, but now there's going to be uh, an inferior version of that story with actors. Uh, nice. So, and Hollywood Insider blog, uh, the tracking board reported the story. I think today, uh, the producer is the X Men Last Stand guy, Brett Ratner. Uh, so that's a movie. What's that? I said that's a movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember which one that is. It's, it's the third uh, X-Men movie. Oh, my God, really? That's, but Brett, uh, Brett Ratner is hardly just uh, the X-Men, the movie guy. He also uh, directed Rush Hour, Rush Hour 2, uh-huh. Red Dragon, which Red Dragon didn't really suck. Rush Hour 3, uh, Rush <laughs> Hour 4. Yeah. Uh, no, he didn't. There's no Rush Hour 4, but I bet you believe me for a second. I did. He directed Wayne Johnson's Hercules movie. Last year, Dwayne Johnson, not Wayne Johnson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson's Hercules was one of my favorite dumb movies from last year. It's I heard a lot of bad stuff about that. Oh, yeah, probably from people who think they're real cool and, like, have beards no, or whatever. It's just, just from everybody. <laughs> nah, it's, uh, I don't know. I think it's uh, one of those, if you're not cool with it, uh, what are you doing sort of things. It's one of those, you're going to walk up and... Uh, walk in there with the predisposition to hate a thing. I don't know. It's a dumb, fun movie. Well, I, I haven't know, watched man. it, so I don't know. Thought, what do I know? Netflix. It's pretty fun. It's got Ian McShane in it. I like Ian McShane. That guy's cool. Oh, that's the other Ian Mick. Yeah, there's a couple of Ian Micks. There's Ian McKellen. Uh, Ian how, McKellen. How, is it possible to get more Irish than Ian McShane? I, I just, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it is. Uh, I think you could pronounce it with a more Irish accent. Ian yeah. McShoyan. McShoyan. <laughs> McShoyan. Like that. Put an like O at Fada in there and then, then maybe be a little more Irish. So, Seriously, Brent Ratner is making uh, the Tetris movie? He is producing. Uh, he is not directing. Uh, director has not been attached. A screenwriter has not been attached, in fact. Oh, I'm going to uh, write that. Yeah, so uh, this is partially to inform Brandon that there's work for him. Yes. Um, <laughs> but also, uh, it's interesting, and it, uh, it just gets me thinking. Uh, my actual question here, even though the timer's already started, uh, what other video game stories would um, possibly make good movies? You mean like stories of developing a game? Yeah. Or, yeah. You could or, make or, a movie about the making of Doom. You could probably find a story there, but it would have to be, you'd have to make something up. You, well, not really, because uh, Masters of Doom, the book, exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I mean, if you're going to squeeze it into an hour and 40 minutes or whatever, you're going to yeah. want to probably manufacture some sort of romance or whatever. I think the Tetris story is really miraculously, like, I've read lots and lots of stuff about it, and, I've, again, I love that BBC documentary. That's, like, 
it's like sort of a miraculously good story. Yeah, it There's really like is. A whole bunch going on in there. I could think of a few though. Um, something like uh, Afterburner would probably be interesting. With a story. There's a story, yeah. They like they had to create that cabinet, and a guy was uh, testing it, and and the gyros failed, and he was upside down in there uh, all night. He was there after everyone had left uh, until someone could come take him out of the. Or was that G lock? <laughs> I don't know. One of those. Um, I I also think the Sonic story would be interesting. Too, yeah, it just, would, and and that's kind of happening though with uh, console wars. Uh. Uh, because but that's that's from the American side, right? They're not going to talk about like it is from the American side very much. That is they're not going to criticism about, of that book. In fact, they're not going to talk about Michael Jackson. They're not going to talk about the rift between Yuji Naka and and you know Naoto Oshima and all those guys and and their eventual reconciliation in their older age. But I I do think that uh, a story focused on the American marketing of Sonic is is I mean it's. It's discounting a side of that story, but I actually would say that's mostly the story. I think it's interesting, certainly. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I, I think uh, I think you could do something out of uh, launching the NES, but you know I might be a little biased just because I wrote that article uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but I, I think that's a cool story, and I think everyone relates to that system. Um, I think. I, isn't there an Atari story happening with Leonardo DiCaprio, or was is that just one of those things that disappeared? No, there there Wait. is an Atari story. One of my friends is writing it. Okay. The Atari story. Um, I think that a story about the uh, the end of Sega, like the end of Dreamcast. I know I'm kind of one note here, but um, <laughs> I feel like the, the the end of the of the Dreamcast. It was like at the end of a specific kind of era, and just going from it would be the opposite of most of these movies because it would be going from this unbridled optimism, like yeah, we're really doing it, into hey, uh, we're going to cancel everything, and our company basically doesn't exist anymore. Um, it would it would also probably be a story about piracy. Yeah. 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 The the Bernie Stolar story. Yeah. <laughs> uh wasn't I I just remembering, wasn't there one recently like a bad movie about Grand Theft Auto? Was there? Yeah, yeah. a TV movie. Yeah, the TV movie that uh starring Daniel think, Radcliffe. Yeah, that a lot of the the DMA slash Rockstar guys were watching and sort of like I don't know, tweet riffing on, I guess you'd call it. Mm. Yeah. Sort of mystery science theatering over Twitter about how nothing was like what they're talking about. I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought that was uh, kind of a neat thing, a neat way of doing stuff. Uh, well, that dude has a son. They're gonna call him Daniel Dadcliffe. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that Tetris is the best story. I, I, I don't yeah. think there's a better video game story until we sequelize uh, the Tetris movie uh, to be about Hank Rogers and his uh, moon colonization. That, yeah. would be, that would be a pretty that good story pretty cool. as well. Uh, eight second warning. Any final words? No, I think that's about it, baby. That wraps up segment number one of Insert Credit number 115. Tetris wins. All right. Uh, segment two here. So uh, Nintendo has started, at least I think, its, its first uh, little dabble into free-to-play games uh, with the 3DS title Nintendo Badge Arcade. 
Oh lord, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen this one yet. I haven't uh, seen it, but that that name is like <laughs> well. <laughs> yep. Bad uh, badges. Yeah. I th- I think a lot of people like myself were were wondering if Nintendo would do its typical uh, Nintendo thing when adapting itself to uh, new technology, which is almost sort of innovating through what appears to be complete ignorance. Um, if if you know what I mean, like like you know, making Wi-Fi kind of weird and fun in a way. Like, the Nintendo eShop on the Wii, for oh, example, wow. was, was I thought, kind of innovative in a weird Nintendo way, even though it didn't do anything technically new. Um, so in the case of Nintendo Badge Arcade, uh, they did something I've never really seen before, I, and I don't know why. Uh, so I've, I've only seen some screenshots going around on Twitter, but they depict a cartoon rabbit uh, explaining to you in, in very direct language that if you don't give him real money, he can't stay in business, and that's why you have to pay him money. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm kind of a big fan of that. Uh, so my question is, uh, how would Nintendo handle other things that it hasn't done yet? How would it handle other things they haven't done yet? Well, yeah, I just wanted to say one thing I thought was cool about that Badge Arcade is when they announced it on the Nintendo Direct, which... We we watched here in the office. It was a complete disaster. That Nintendo Direct was weird as heck. But they're like, the, the Nintendo Badge Arcade is a free-to-start game for your 3DS. Free-to-start. Free-to-start. Wow. Uh, and uh, our idiot friend, uh, Vito Giswaldi. Vito, if you're listening, you're an <laughs> idiot. Uh, like, next time he came over, he's like, I got Badge Arcade. Look at this. I'm getting badges. I've changed my home icon. It's like... So you pay some money to do a thing, and you can like buy a sticker to put on your home icon on your 3DS, so it now looks like Mario or whatever. And it's like people are paying like 50 bucks to get all the collections. It's it's awful, but uh, yeah. How would Is they do? Though, like what what what's what's the awful thing about it? It's just that it's costing a whole bunch of money, and you're just decorating this extremely like 2002 cell phone resolution screen <laughs> with these. Uh, these little like twelve by twelve, I don't know how low resolution they are. Wait, but it's, oh, okay, wait, wait. The resolution yeah. of the 3DS uh, is actually basically the NES. It's two forty. Yeah, yeah. It's two forty p, which is insane. That, yeah, that's, my, that's a thing. My first cell phone in Japan was two forty by three twenty. Yeah. Uh, so actually, your your cell phone was uh, was was bigger. No, it's the same. Okay. It's about the um, same. About the same. A little wider, actually, than the bottom screen. Um, so what about, I don't know, like uh, like streaming tools? Would Nintendo well, I think do they do it with a lot, of, a lot of explainer text. Yeah. There'd be a cute little mascot telling you what to do about everything. There would and probably then, like, be... You're, you're yeah. trying to stream something, and then, and then you know, a, uh, an orangutan pops up and is like, did you know, to, like, takes over your entire screen stream so you can't type anything anymore, you can't talk yeah. to anybody. And it's like, did you know that you can hit this button to talk to people? And it's like, I was doing that, just get out of my way. That's how they would do it, in my opinion. But I, I also think... That... chilled out on that stuff a, <laughs> yeah. quite a great deal on the Wii U. Yeah. yeah. That's just cool. a little bit. I, th- I think that when you started streaming on your Nintendo console... Uh, it feel really good. Like the moment the stream starts, I bet that there would be some cool sounds and 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 Mario effects and stuff. Yeah, they'd probably tie in the badge arcade, so yeah. you can get badges. You can get like transition badges, 
So you can have like Mario run by when you get a subscriber or something. Oh, like that. that's very true. That's exactly what they're going to do, isn't this, it? Those sounds make me so mad, though. I know I'm in the minority here, but it just it's like we know that this is taking uh, about five times as long to do anything as it would on any other console or certainly a personal computer. But here's some tinkly music to make you hopefully forget about that. <laughs> For what? For what specifically? Uh, I'm thinking in that case specifically of the eShop. Mm. Or like uh, you when you turn all you... that stuff off. Man, you want to talk about bad sounds. The PlayStation 4 has oh, like God. the worst sounds. Uh, it's just like... It sounds like Gandalf just taking a real long leak, you know, <laughs> just peeing like real hard for like an hour. And every time you press something, it's like, Boom! it's like this big, like crystal shattering sound. Makes so, me I don't know that one. I'm, I'm, I, I thought you were actually, when you said that, I was thinking of the PS3. Oh, uh, the PS3 had bad ones too. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Bow. Bow. yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is, this is uh, getting a bit, a bit off the, the topic, but. One thing that drives me insane about the PlayStation 3's store is that, like, four or five months ago, they put in a patch that removed functionality of the remote. Uh, what? Which, oh, no. Yeah, so, like, the there, if you've seen the remote, there's a disc that, that you use to go up, down, left, right on things. And in the middle of that, there's a button that says Enter. And so it was really convenient to always be able to move around with that and then hit Enter to confirm they removed the ability for enter to be a confirm button, and now you have to find the X button, which is one of the buttons surrounding that disc, and click that in the store. Other parts of the PlayStation UI still allow that to happen, but in the store, it's it's no longer possible. And uh, why? Why would you do that? It's so terrible. The end. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think, I think you're right on, Tim. I think that... Uh... Your Nintendo streaming software will earn you uh, OBS plugins uh, for yeah. for your for well not literally but but you know for your Nintendo streaming software you'll you'll get transition effects and like uh, intermission screens and stuff uh, with with your favorite Nintendo characters and that's going to be real smart. I wonder if they do any kind of thing with mobile platforms that they don't own. If they wouldn't create some sort of game center style thing where you can have your your own Nintendo profile and and awards and badges and things for all the games that you've played that are Nintendo things, sort okay. of like a uh, like a, a a game center within a game center. Well, are they thing. not tying that? I would imagine they're tying it into your existing uh, Nintendo account, your uh, me and stuff. Uh, Ten second warning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess they would probably do something like that. Yeah, so that you actually, you know, maybe they hook you in with the mobile stuff and, and force you to buy uh, their console, and that is exactly uh, six minutes. All right, moving on. Nice. Uh, I've gotten about six Twitter mentions these past couple of days asking if I nice. saw that... that uh, yeah, just total. No, uh, asking if I saw that someone is trying to republish Bubsy and Bubsy 2 through St- Steam Greenlight. Uh, so this round's question, did I see that? It's <laughs> a good question. Um, I did see people talking about Bubsy and then saying, by the way, here's the real Bubsy 3D and linking to the the uh, Arcane Kids game, which I did enjoy. But right I, didn't, right. I didn't actually see 
that someone is doing that. I, who is doing that? Who's the? I uh, I'm not familiar, but uh, let me look it up. But it is it's a it's a steam green light. Uh, minimal effort. It's just like a trailer that shows yeah. some gameplay. Of oh, uh, it's it's a Bubsy Twofer. It's called. Yeah, it's it's got it's got the most appropriate name. Yeah. You could come up with for Bubsy Two Pack, the Bubsy Two Fur. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see. Does this even and have Tomo a... Tomo Incorporated? Tomo, Tomo Inc.'s Workshop. Wait, but, who's? Uh, but it can't be. It, it can't be the toy publisher Tomo. That can't be. Whoever it, it is, is, it sounds like they own Bubsy. I mean, no, you know what it is. It is Tomo. You know what Tomo? Tomo is the owner of Bubsy, and oh. someone is probably. Uh, doing the work and publishing through their name is, is my guess. Yeah, well, the copywriting be... here is exactly the same as it was uh, back in the old days. Yeah. It's like yeah, the 16... It... I'm gorgeous graphics. I'm prettier than Mel and Debbie Gibson combined. Digitized voice. Next, I'm going to get my own 1-900 number. More wow. sound effects. I plop, I boing, I splat, I need medical attention. I think this uh, is probably the actual copy from the yeah, original it, game. Oh, it certainly is. I would remember Sounds this like copy it. anywhere. Uh, I'm a, <laughs> I, I would remember this. Anyway, this game is terrible. Yeah. Oh, Tomo.com Tomo says uh, they, they do entertainment, software publishing, licensing, consumer products, and global di- distribution. So uh, it seems like they're going through... It kind of looks like they're going through their... Their catalog and publishing things. They, oh, they, they're their catalog. Yeah, their catalog. Uh, they, their, they, Bob ca- their, their Bob catalog. They have uh, 350 digital games published. Oh, so, so uh, well, at least they, at least it seems like they know what they're doing. So our good friend Dave, uh, his, his Steam username is literally good friends Dave. Thirteen <laughs> minutes ago, said, "You know what? Bubsy was a joke of a game." But I've been thinking about things like this. How many bad survival access games or first-person horror walking simulator games have been greenlit but have been so blandly bad that no one can remember them or tell the difference? Sixteen. Bubsy is still memorable. It's like the Temple of Doom for its genre. That, combined with the fact that it will run and is a complete game already, makes it far more of a qualifier for Greenlight than most crap I can just glance at and vote no on. I vote yes. Nice. And then, okay, I'm only going to read one more, and this is only a sentence. Please. If Bubsy 3D were to be included, I'd pay actual money for it. As it stands, eh, I might pick (laughs) it up when it's on sale or something. Never, anybody who ends a sentence with or something, uh, you're basically in prison in my book. So there's that. Uh, go to heck, Chip Biscuit. I'm, watch, I'm watching this video, and it looks like it looks like it's in this slightly incorrect aspect ratio somehow. Uh, oh, yeah. Any any aspect ratio is incorrect for Bubsy, let me tell you. So, something's weird. It's just, everything looks a little bit skewed. It, um, I don't agree with that. It looks to me like a... Well, okay, it's obviously a Sega Genesis emulator. Yeah. Uh, because that's what you can do easily. Yeah. And uh, it looks to me like they actually are aspect ratio correcting it. Uh, 
So you have inadvertently uh, given me something nice to say about this. Uh, oh no! About this product, because <laughs> um, the Sega Genesis resolution is uh, 320 by 240. It's actually like really wide, and then yeah. it stretches uh, vertically on on, uh, on a CRT TV. Um, but so my problem with stuff like this is that. Uh, it's just a couple ROMs, and and I know that you know people say that about like my product, but uh, I, I try to combat I try to combat that by uh, putting in some extras and making it actually feel like something else, like you're actually yeah. buying a, a package. Uh, but this campaign, it's it's just hey, these games are playable. You give us money and you play the games. Oh Same man, game. I'm watching this video. God, Bubsy Two is so bad. Yeah. Too, yeah, yeah. It's, so, like, I mean, Bubsy One, as a guy says, I loved him as a kid. Shut up! No, you didn't. No. Uh, you were you were an idiot when you were a kid. You probably also loved. Uh, I don't, I'm not gonna finish it. <laughs> but uh, like, Bubsy Two is just super unforgivably atrociously bad. No, there's it's no redeeming game. qualities of Two. In like, not nearly as attractive as Debbie Gibson, who is someone who I don't remember at all. Debbie Gibson was all right. I don't remember oh, her either. Oh, Who is that? Uh, now Bubsy is about as attractive as Mel Gibson combined with someone you don't remember. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> Mel Gibson's kind of a scary dude. <laughs> Made really good movies, though. Apocalypto, baby. Come on. So uh, ten seconds left. Would you guys uh, buy this if it had Bubsy 3D? No. Maybe. <laughs> I've got a Bubsy 3D ISO on my god darn PlayStation emulator. It's, it, it, like, seriously... Don't yeah, even, it's it's like not even funny. All right, well that is Dang. time on uh, the Bubsy uh, thing. Okay, uh, all right. Here's a bit of news that nobody's reported, and 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 only I seem to really know about, other than uh, the the weirdos in this specific community. Mm, nice. Uh, so meanwhile, in Atari 2600 news, uh, birthday mania, birthday mania, everybody, you guys ready for birthday mania? Yes. Birthday mania. So. Uh, this is an interesting little story. Uh, in 1984, a guy named Rob, Robert Anthony Tokar, a uh, guy who just kind of liked video games. <laughs> Rob Tokar. Um, Tokar. Uh, he decided to make an Atari 2600 game. He just thought, you know, I'll just make one. Uh, he wasn't a game developer. He was just some guy. So he bought a book on uh, the 6502, which was the CPU in the, in the 2600, and, and he made a dumb little game. It's called Birthday Mania. Uh, so Birthday Mania was a simple little shooter game uh, where you were this floating head on the bottom of the screen, and these birthday candles would drop from the top of the screen, and you're you're shooting them. You know, it's a shooter game, except the the, the you know the the narrative of it is that you're blowing out your birthday candles. Uh, okay. So it's not a not a particularly interesting game, but well, I'll get to why it's interesting soon. Yeah. Uh, the, the hook uh, for this game, this guy selling it, was that it was customizable. So uh, when you ordered it, you'd tell Robert the name of the recipient, probably your child, uh, and he'd program that person's name into the title screen. So it'd say happy birthday to that person, it'd play the birthday song, and then they'd play their dumb little game. Uh, so Tokar advertised and sold this game through his local newspaper, the Newark Star Tribune. So as you might imagine, uh, this is not a particularly easy game to find. Yeah. Uh, according to him, he sold, quote, about 10 so, wow. so uh, uh, incredibly rare Atari game, and uh, the last one that was sold uh, during the system's lifespan that you can't download. Uh, 
right now. Uh, however, the game was just tracked down in, in a weird roundabout way. Uh, in that an Atari age user by the name of Waggy, he goes by Waggy, I don't know Whoa. if that's like a, a dog tail wagging around or what, uh, he contacted this guy who made the game, he tracked him down and contacted him three years ago, and he secured the rights for the game uh, from this guy, put in a request to the U.S. Copyright Office, which had the machine language code on file, and got it in three years later. Uh, so the last commercially sold unavailable Atari 2600 game is now preserved, uh, and I thought that was really cool. And uh, and it just got me thinking. I don't I don't really have a question here, but it got me thinking <laughs> about how uh, interesting it is that the 2600 is a system that still has some mysteries and and weird things like this. Oh yeah. Uh, because of its uh, completely open nature. And uh, given that I don't have a question, I'm hoping this sparks some interesting conversation. Go. Well, I think there are still a lot of mysteries with these old consoles, games that that didn't come out, games that, you know, uh, transitioned to other systems. Like, for example, Rodea the Sky Soldier, mm-hmm. which just came out for Wii U. It was finished for the Wii two years ago, but it didn't it didn't come out there. It's you know Yuji Naka's Probe did the game, and uh, and so it but it was it was so late that the publisher is like we're not going to release this. We're going to make a Wii U version, and we're going to do that based off this seventy percent complete 3DS version that we've asked you to make. That we're just going to finish ourselves and then make a Wii U version of. So they made a Wii U version of a 3DS game, but they released it just like a week ago yeah. and included in the first run the original Wii game. So wow. you can actually buy the Wii game if you buy the Wii U game in time, and the Wii game is apparently just about twice as good as yeah. as the Wii U one. And that's like... Just, just the story of how that came to be—that's a friggin' mystery right there. Like that's, <laughs> that's a, even, even though we basically know the answer, it's still baffling. And uh, I, I love that kind of stuff. That's, that's what, that's what, uh, that's what keeps me getting up in the morning. The, the idea that some, some kind of garbage like that is gonna happen. Um, and recently on, on the Saturn, I found this, this game, Pup Breeder, which I may have mentioned recently, because mm-hmm. uh, I was talking about surprises, um, and how that's the, the first, first ever that I can find 3D RTS. And, like, just there's, there are so many little undocumented things here and there yeah. that, that are really interesting to people like us and really not interesting to people like my mom, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think your mom would be interested in birthday mania? I'm not sure. I think I would lose her about halfway through the story. <laughs> I don't think she would know why that's interesting to anybody. I, I do think it's interesting that, uh, you know, the, just talking about that game, that there does seem to be uh, some kind of market for previously unpublished stuff. Uh, yeah, the, the, and that's a, that's a very recent phenomenon. Well, it's it's within the last several years, I guess, because back in the in the insert credit days, I was 
talking to dudes doing that with like um, propeller arena for the Dreamcast and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that wasn't a, an official thing. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a licensed release. It was leaking the the game, right? Yeah, I guess I guess that is what it was. Um, another another kind of interesting one for me is there's this game called Layer Section, also known as um, Ray Storm or something. Yeah. Um, the the sad well I guess layer section the first one was also called Galactic Attack and that was the the only other thing that version was called but anyway there it was a it was a two D shooting game on the Taito F three board and then it came to the Saturn mm-hmm. and then they made a sequel to some state of completion in two D and then scrapped it and made a three D game instead and just a couple years ago. Someone said that he contacted the programmer and got a ROM that seemed mostly complete and was working with him on restoring it of the the 2D version of the game. Oh, that's cool. And that's really cool, but of course I haven't heard anything about that for for several months now. Um, I don't know if that's still going on. But yeah, they're, man, they're the mysteries. I love the mysteries. I love the mysteries uh, and having them come to light. Not so mysterious, but on that note... Uh... Man, I really would like to walk around in the 2D version of Fantasy Life. Oh man, oh, yeah. yeah, that yeah, 2D yeah. Fantasy Life's really neat. Yeah, I really would. I really wish that one had come out with the. Uh, Why wouldn't they just put that on the on the 3DS disc or on the cartridge or whatever it's called? Well, was it done? Yeah, I thought it came out on the Professor Layton. Oh, was that? The, I thought that was a different DS. game. I thought that was a different game as well. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was called Fantasy Life with Professor Layton. Oh, yeah, I thought it? that was different. Yeah, I thought that was like five years ago. I thought I thought that the original 2D Fantasy Life became Fantasy Life. They like they ditched it and and remade it in 3D. Oh, I thought it was an extra on a Professor Layton game. Uh, like, there I, is also a Brownie Brown extra RPG on a Layton game. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, but I thought that was called Fantasy Life. Oh, they might have like recycled the title or something, but I, 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 yeah, I feel like it was Fantasy Life colon Professor Layton, and it was like they were gonna make a full game and they never did. Or oh, so gonna, maybe they recycled some stuff from that canceled Fantasy Life. Yeah, like they were gonna make a. See, now I'm really interested. So, in what, what a mystery! What a mystery! Yeah, the brownie, <laughs> the brownie Brown Fantasy Life, as I recall, was done. Yeah, Professor Layton's London Life, which okay. was, uh, yeah, wow, it looks really cool. Doesn't it? Yeah. Five Shoot. seconds. Yeah, Five seconds for really that, that brownie brown stuff. Uh, I love those graphics. And uh, uh, actually, the, the next topic. Six years ago. Next yeah. topic here. Uh, uh, on that note, Inter Credits, potential best game of all time, Mother 3, is being republished. Yeah. In Japan only on the Wii U Virtual Console, uh, but as always, when when the Mother series is mentioned in in any way, uh, some hopeful fans have, have taken this as as a sign. It's a sign. Oh, yeah. that they're, they're finally acknowledging the thing that they like, and and the game is definitely uh, gonna be localized and, and released uh, for Western audiences, and and it'll finally happen, and then everyone will understand. Uh, yeah. So this round's question, uh, will that ever happen? So I saw some tweets 
and people were like, uh, some people were like, this is a sign that they've acknowledged that mm-hmm. American fans like it. And then I saw another tweet that was like, Nintendo of Japan must have seen Undertale. And it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, and then there were like a bunch of people talking that up. And I'm like, maybe they did. I don't know. I wonder if Miyamoto likes Undertale. It's like, just thinking a little bit too much. If you like a thing, like a thing. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they put Mother 3 out. They put Mother 1 out. Uh, it's a closer possibility now than it ever was. Mother One is available on the Wii U eShop in the U.S. Here's the thing about Mother One versus That's Mother insane. Three. Yeah. Uh, Mother One, or, or Earthbound with the space, as it was going to be called on the NES, uh, that game was completed mm-hmm. uh, in the day and and already went through its internal logic procedure and was a game that was complete and shelved. Uh, so... Yeah. You know that the work was already done. It was just a matter of oh, let's just publish it now. Mother three, as far as we know, uh, work on a localization never actually started. I don't think they'd ever even you know formally planned it. So my gar- argument to that is that it, you know that's not an indication that they're they're willing uh, to localize a game from a developer that I don't know. Are they even around anymore, Brownie Brown? Brownie Brown is still brown around, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, technically they might still have the source around and could fix it up and stuff, but, you know, that's that's a major project. Brownie Brown is now called 1UP Studios. Yeah, yeah they're around. And, they're called what? 1UP uh, Studio. Oh, that's really? That's a really generic name. Well, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a generic name, but I guess it doesn't sound like poop anymore. Yeah, Brownie uh, Brown... Well, I don't know. It made me kind of just think of brownies. Yeah, me sometimes too. I thought about brownies, but sometimes I thought about uh, someone eating too many brownies and getting diarrhea, so they've got brownie brown. I thought about downtown Julie Brown. Oh, yeah, that's a better one. Yeah. yeah. Downtown brownie brown. <laughs> but, yeah, I would say it's closer than ever. For Yes. Okay, so I, from what I have heard on the inside... I talked to someone who was working. I, I don't want to say who. Mm-hmm. I, I talked to someone who worked on Mother 3. Okay, so, you know, this is... Uh, I don't know if anybody knew this, but I used to live in Japan. And I oh, was In the video game industry in Japan. Oh, I forgot. And, uh, I worked in sort of the weird part of the game industry. Not like, not you know, not the, not the, uh, the idiot part, not the jerk part. I was around some cool people. So I happened to have met many people who worked on Mother 3, right? So one of them, uh, who was fairly senior, given that it was a tiny, tiny team, uh, one of them indicated to me that there was a U.S.-English translated script that was, like, pretty much totally done. Wow. And that Nintendo said no, and that they would never, ever, ever publish the game. This is like a serious like uncle who works at Nintendo story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but why would they why do they care so much? Like yeah. why? Uh why the they? game I, like I don't know, the controversial subject matter, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, was what uh this particular development team member said. Mm. Uh that it's just the the subject matter's kind of dark. It is very hardcore straight up. I mean, it's it's as death as a game can get. It's uh, it's got a whole lot of death and darkness and weirdness and communism. 
right? Mm -hmm. Communism and atheism and all that stuff is kind of all over it. Uh, Isms. It's a dark, hard, weird game, and apparently Nintendo was just like, yeah, we don't want that. We're never publishing this game. And it's like they kind of do want that sort of stuff sometimes, because yeah. you know, they they're like, let's get Mortal Kombat and Ninja Ninja Gaiden and whatever. They republished Earthbound, and Earthbound is darker than balls. And uh, the mm -hmm. first Earthbound is is pretty dark as well. And I mean, they put that out. Maybe they do it. I don't know. I feel like at this point, they would have to treat it real nice. But I mean, they just did a. It's a GBA port, right? For the oh, it's just a virtual yeah. console. It's just virtual GBA console. Virtual console. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I so mean, like if it were to come out here, uh, in English, you know that that is not. It is unprecedented for a game to come out on virtual console that wasn't already uh, through certification at some point. Yeah. Right? Like like and and I would imagine there is sort of a church and state thing there. Otherwise, we'd see things like. Uh, uh, what was it like? Like the the director's cut of of Super Turrican, right? Like you know about this, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, like Julian Egerbrecht wanted to release that on Virtual Console, but couldn't because it was never certified, so it's not a Virtual Console game. Um, but I mean, I agree with you, Tim, that it, that it, that the possibility is here now. But I think what I'd like yeah. people to maybe understand is that it's not a matter of just releasing it; it's a matter of uh, doing, doing the work. And and testing the crap out of it, and and like actually producing a game and not republishing something, and uh, I don't know that uh, that would ever be justified from other three seven seconds. And so even sin and punishment was sin and punishment is the closest example I can think of, but even that had been considered for U.S. Publishing. And also it, it was just the Japanese version, wasn't it? Yeah, did, yeah. yeah. That's so, also that's weird. They can't do that with Mother Three, obviously. Right, because it's well, just they could they could for me if you know what I mean because I speak Japanese. But <laughs> oh, I can, I can read I can read that language like a hundred percent. Oh, all right. Uh, so um, Nintendo Direct happened. Uh, one announcement that came Whoa. out of that: Dragon Quest Seven, Eight, and Eight are coming to the 3DS. Uh, probably heard about that. This round's question: Tim Rogers, can you fill some time saying some stuff about that? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I actually like. <laughs> I did a thing that I don't really like when I see people do it, but somebody on Facebook was like, oh, my God, today is the best day ever. Today is the greatest day of all time. Today I am so happy. Today I am so excited because Dragon Quest VIII is coming out on the 3DS. And uh, I literally just slid in there, and I was like, um, I'm scared to see somebody this happy about it because uh, I've got to say something. I just had to. I was like, man, Dragon Quest VIII on the 3DS kind of sucks. There's no 3D. The graphics are worse than the PS2. The PS2 at least had a progressive scan mode. This one's got that, you know, that Sega Genesis resolution, that <laughs> not, that 2002 color cell phone screen resolution. Uh, the load times are weirdly long. Uh, the graphics are just really not nearly as good as the PS2. There's no 3D. I think I mentioned that, except yeah. in the Alchemy Pot menu, which is weird because that's not even a, a screen that's really that important. Uh, it's got extra side quests and stuff, so I'm a dumb idiot and I'm playing it. But, uh, man, yeah. Uh, the cool thing I'm liking about it so far is it has Japanese uh, voiceover, like full mm. voice, which actually is really well produced and sounds nice. But, man, it's just kind of a choppy, kind of piddly 
port, and it's like they've got a choppy, terrible, piddly port for the the iOS, and it's it's terrible. It's done in Unity. Uh, but Dragon Quest Seven on the 3DS, meanwhile, is uh, absolutely delightful. Uh, it runs in 60 FPS. It's in full 3D. The 3D is nice. Uh, the art style is... Man, so I posted about it in this thread, and one guy was like, well, the Dragon Quest Seven on 3DS looks all right. It looks like a nice minor upgrade from the uh, original PlayStation version. I'm like, man, you know, cram it, is what I want to say. It's not, <laughs> it is not a minor upgrade. They completely redid everything in the game in 3D with polygons, and it's real high definition. I mean, as high definition as it can be. Uh, it's real shiny, real sharp. Yeah, yeah. The 3D is nice. It's 60 FPS. It's smooth. All the character costumes change when you change classes, which is really cool. Uh, they didn't do that in the original. The original was really low-key. Uh, they cut out some of the nonsense. Uh, the intro no longer takes seven hours. It only takes about three and a half. Uh, the intro took about seven hours in the original Dragon Quest Seven, wow. which I actually liked a lot. And seven hours of no fighting, just talking and Solving a mystery, a Scooby Doo mystery. I thought that was neat originally. I like but... I like that kind of stuff. I liked when they did that in in Mass Effect. It was the only thing I liked about Mass Effect is when you were up on that station, yeah. space station, and you're just going around talking to people and uh, solving some Deep Space Nine style political yeah. and personal interpersonal problems. That yeah, Dragon I Quest, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition has a bunch of that stuff. If you ever, oh yeah, that sort I'll, of thing again. I'll, I probably will. So uh, this just has me thinking, uh, you know, just related to what you're saying. Uh, typically, I'm not a fan of of remakes. I kind of feel like, you know, well, the original, you know, deserved a remake for the reason why why mess with it, right? But uh, the way you were describing Dragon Quest Seven, it just made me think that maybe there's a good way of of doing remakes in in if you treat them less as trying to remake the game and more as, like, a new performance of that play. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, and and I don't I don't think I've seen too many remakes like that, but if, if, they're, if they're altering that intro that much, then I, it might actually feel that way. I feel like that's Ooh. the kind of thing they might do with Final Fantasy VII. That's a bit speculative. But based on the way they treated the story in Advent Children... Mm-hmm. It, it seems to me like it's not a, adventure. I thought it was adventure children. No, it's advent. Adventure children. Adventure yeah. children would a, be really fun. I'm showing my uh, 3ds with Dragon Quest right here. If you can yeah. see it. Oh, Maybe. there's a dog or a sheep. It's hard look for at, me to look talk. at that rotationals there. Look at that rotationals. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's rotating. Uh, um, it's such a pleasant, chill, slow-paced, leisurely. You know, sit out on your porch and drink an iced tea kind of video game. Uh, it's man, I just wish there were like lots and lots of games like that instead of just a couple. But hey, you know that's me. Hey, that's me. You know, I do know. Uh, Brandon, were you were, were you saying something? Yeah, I was talking about how uh, in in the way they treated the story in Advent Children makes me feel like oh, Adventure Children, right? Adventure yeah. Children. No, I meant Crisis Core is actually what I meant. So oh, not okay. not Adventure Children. Crying so, Core, right? CryEngine Core, the PSP game, it just showed me they really knew what that world was and had a lot of floor ready to go. And uh, they knew all the things surrounding that 
that Final Fantasy VII game, and and the way that they treated the story, like I'm not the biggest Final Fantasy VII fan or Final Fantasy fan in general, but all the things that they talked about and referenced in Crisis Core were done in such a way that I I remembered the original stuff. It, like mm. all the all the original plot points were there for me to to recall, and it was treated in a in a relatively respectful and interesting way. And I so I feel like they might Five do seconds. some world building in, in Final Fantasy VII Remake 2. Boom. Uh, I think that's a good way to go. And I, I, and I kind of like the idea of, of expanding on the original in, in a way that like a good movie tie-in game might. Yeah. Like, like what's the movie tie-in game for Final Fantasy VII? That'd be a good uh, way of approaching a remake. Adventure uh, Children, the game. Adventure <laughs> Children, yes. All right. Uh, so, next topic. Square Enix's episodic adventure game series Life is Strange is getting a physical release for the nice. Xbox One and PlayStation 4 next year. Uh, my own game, Mega Man Legacy Collection, also going to have a posthumous physical release next year. Oh. Uh, the Indie Box is a subscription-based service where you can get posthumous releases of independent games uh, in boxes uh, once a month. Box. Yeah. yeah. Most Kickstarter campaigns for games feature at least one tier, or you can get a physical copy, usually posthumous, uh, of, of the game uh, mailed to you. Uh, so this round's question, what does a sudden interest in physical product actually mean? Uh, I would say... Darn houses are empty. Yeah. It's all digital. I would say it comes direct, directly <laughs> from the... Uh, I think it comes from the collector culture. I think okay. it's, it's the... You know the fact that that things are worth money. It's the fact that thirty-five-year-olds want amiibos. Oh, uh, it, it's 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 just you know the the people that are our age are now old enough that they want to buy their childhood back. <laughs> they wanna they want to have the things that they couldn't have as children, uh, and or they want their current children. To like the things that they liked, and so they they just want to carry it out, uh, carry it on, carry it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's 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 like when I was having that conversation with that dude on Facebook about those those stupid stupid dongles that you can attach to your phone that were essentially DRM that had a piece of plastic with them. It was like I don't know if you all recall this discussion, but it was. Yeah. There are these there are these little game cartridge looking things that you can plug into your phone that unlock existing content on a thing that you downloaded and paid for. Um, it's stupid and a waste of plastic and time, in my opinion. But this dude was like, "Oh my god, best thing ever!" And I was like, "Why?" And he said, "Uh, duh." And I said, "No, really, why?" He's like, "Cause I like cartridges and physical goods." Uh, Boom. And it's just like that's all that's that's as far as that thought process went. It was uh, it was there, and that was it. Um, so, you know, it's it's like I I haven't heard about any of these these new games for for old consoles or or re-releases of old games for old consoles. I haven't heard about any of these things not selling out within like a month. Right, I agree. Or two. Um, yeah, well, and that that might just be because no, you know what? I'm not even going to finish that sentence. You're absolutely right. They're, like every one of these, for the most part, is uh, done in a limited release kind of way. Yeah. Uh, so it, I think that does go to your point that 
that these are uh, influenced by a, a collector mentality, perhaps. Yeah. But, but uh, what I find interesting about this is that suddenly um, we can prove that there is a secondary revenue stream for a game, theoretically. Yeah. Yeah, um, with 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 physical releases of all things, because it it used to be the other way. It'd be right. like, all right, we're gonna release this physical game. That's where we're gonna make our money. Then we're gonna release a digital version for less or yeah. something. Yeah, and it might have you, like all the DLC included or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But now now you do a a digital release first, and then you do a physical release for more later, and it kind of makes sense. It's like if you if you prove out a market. And show that enough people want this kind of thing, digitally at least. That I mean, it's probably the same exact people buying the physical version. Like they, yeah. or it's it's either the people that already own the game that are buying it again, or it's the people that just like physical things. Like right. I just, I just like things. Vito, who we were just talking about, he. Um, if you're still listening, Vito, yeah, you're an idiot. Let's keep going now. <laughs> he was the, he was showing me this this that that limited run website, mm. uh, and how I think that's what it's called. I know what you're talking about. So so uh, it's this is yeah. a company that uh, takes smaller games. Uh, I think a hundred all of them for the Vita so far. Yeah. And and by taking advantage of Sony's currently uh, lenient standards for. Uh, manufacturing runs uh, in the same way that, say, Brian Provinciano did with uh, Retro City Rampage. Uh, they're doing limited releases of, of Vita games physically, which yeah. uh, I actually think is a cool idea and something uh, I would I would do as as a business person myself. Right. Um, so Vito Vito sent me a uh, he he sent me a message and he's like, by the way, uh, this game Breach and Clear. Is is on sale right now, and if you want to get it, they also do a Saturday morning RPG for PS4. Oh, okay. So apparently that's that well, they're so doing it's Sony, Sony, platform, just yeah. Sony. Yeah. Um, he's like, so this game is coming out for for Vita in physical version, uh, in case you want to get that. And I was like, oh, uh, I've never played that game before. Is it any is it any good? And he's like, oh, I don't know, I haven't played it. I just I just like physical stuff. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Vita. Let's That's get cool. physical. Physical. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's just that there's just been this weird thing where collectors of games have just sort of like, whereas it used to be you couldn't mention you played video games without a girl kicking you in the balls in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, now it's like the the coolness has just been weaponized. So you're getting kicked in the balls for not wanting to be a person who like collects <laughs> video games. So it's like I'm I'm fearing for my own balls. Uh, so I just want to tell a quick anecdote about IndieBox. Uh, Aaron Isaacson, uh, who works at IndieBox, was uh, saying to me, he's like, "Hey, you know, you gotta, we should talk about some stuff, you know, about video ball." And I'm like, "Heck yeah, bro!" And then I was like, "But you know, indie, I don't really like the word indie. Uh, I got an idea. How about you change the name of your company? Get ready for this. You guys are gonna love this. Change your company to uh, Big Weird Box." And I thought that sounded cooler. But he was like, he's like, he's like, yeah, that sounds all right. <laughs> but, uh, I, don't, I don't think he thought it sounded all right. <laughs> it's like I want, I want, I want you to be able, I want to be able to get on the internet and go head on down to, you know, Steam.com or whatever it's called, uh, and get your big weird box video ball. That's what so, I want, big weird t- box. Time is up, but I do want to talk about this a little more, and it's my show. Let's kick so it. Well, let's um, kick it. So, uh, 
I there's an example of of me buying a physical game after I'd already bought the the digital game, uh, and that was Gone Home. Um, I bought that on Steam when it came out for whatever it was, like five bucks, I think, maybe fifteen. I think it was ten. Uh, okay, was well, what you know, the, obviously the, the 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 number that's likely that I didn't say is probably the the one. Uh, but uh, so I played it. I enjoyed it. Uh, there was, you know, this limited run of, of a physical version in a box with, like, you know, Riot Girl stickers and stuff like that uh, in there. And uh, I bought it, but I didn't buy it as, like, a collectible. I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it as, like, an investment or anything. Like, I bought it because I thought that game was really cool and kind of important, and uh, I just kind of wanted it. Uh and I don't know if if they put out like a doll of the the of I don't know the Christmas duck or whatever from the game like if they put out merchandise like that I don't care but for some reason if I'm buying a video game like that I'll buy that uh, so I think I think, you that's, think secondary... that's related to that to that feeling though of of like this this is important enough I want to have the object I want to be sure that I own it that's that's similar to the collector feeling not not like yeah. the collector for resale feeling but the 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 feeling that I have as a collector where it's just like you know I want to I want to have this stuff in my house and look at it it felt yeah. more like an impulse purchase of a Blu-ray at Target to me yeah um, like I can it, agree with that yeah it didn't it and, didn't you know, it's like I I might bring this home and watch it once, but I, yeah, it's I like, oh, I like. It. You know yeah. what? I want to. I know I've talked about how I don't like say collecting video games and such on here, but I want to say for the record, I have started to very recently. Brandon has this thing where he, I just like playing games on consoles. Is Brandon's explanation, and it's true, right? Like he likes yeah. playing the original games, not emulators. Uh, man, digital stuff kind of sucks. Like like streaming video. There's just yeah. something wrong with it. Like, I've got all of the TV show Deadwood on Blu-ray, yeah, on HBO Blu-ray, and it's in this big wooden box that's this really cool box. And uh, if I want to get it out, i got to take it out of the, of the big giant wood box. i got to unroll the book, and i got to pull the disc out, and i got to be like, which disc has the episode I want? And I'm just like, it's all glossy and shiny, beautiful package, beautiful face. Uh, it's got Ian McShane in it, Ian McShoyan. Uh, Ian, Ian McShoyan is in it. And uh, I just want to see that guy every once in a while. You know what I mean? I just want to yeah. see him. Uh, and then it's like, I've got that HBO now, and it's got every episode on there. And the other day I was like, I want to watch that episode of Deadwood again, that one. Like, there's a particular one I just wanted to put on because, you know, they talk like they're in the Bible on there. And I put it on, and I'm just like, man... This sucks. It just looks weird. It doesn't look good. And then I put the Blu-ray in, and just my hair just gets blown back. I'm just like, yeah, Max wow. L style. I'm like, holy lord, it looks so good. Uh, like when it's on Blu-ray. So that's me, Jim. That's right. No, I, I agree. You know, it's like I, I was watching some of that new anime. I was watching Gargantia, which is not too bad, it turns out. But the new you know. Stuff. Watching watching that on a streaming service like Netflix, you've you've got about a, a 50% chance that it's going to start and then some point in the middle be f- as fuzzy as a YouTube video uh, on on you know a 10 year old phone. Okay, a cell, a cell phone in like 2002 video. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. Fun, big videos. 
yeah. that's the end of that story. So uh, <laughs> that's all I've got for that one. So there, there is, there's all, there's that reliability. It's like you know, you you know it's gonna work. It's uh, when I when I put a thing in my Saturn, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be like BTW. It's been uh, three months since you last played your Saturn, so we have to download all these updates, and also we need you to resend us your your confirmation of your identity, please. Which is what happens to me every time I load up Steam. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a better experience for the kind of person that cares about that. Because I don't know if the kids get annoyed by that stuff. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they're like, "Cool, this." Is I, I think that uh, that applies to like console games. For some reason, I, I feel a disconnect with PC games. I don't feel like a physical disc of a PC game is something I'm ever gonna put in a PC ever again for the rest of my life because there's yeah. no advantage to it at all. Yeah, and every time I go to Target, every time anybody goes to Target, there it is, man, right there on the shelf. Uh, you just step right back in time. It's the goddamn Diablo 2 battle yeah. chest. It's yeah, there. It's still there. And it's beautiful. <laughs> it's such a beautiful box. It's so glossy and embossed. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, It just pops right out at you. It's texturized. That's a beautiful. You pick it up, and it's just so you can kind of squeeze it a little bit. You know, there's stuff in there. Feels like picking up an NES box way back in the day. Yeah, there, I, I wish more games would just kind of stay in print like that. I think it's neat. It's just the weirdest one to keep. I mean, I'm sure there are people who still play Diablo 2. Oh, there's a lot of people, I'm pretty sure. Uh, or or the uh, Target in Emeryville just hasn't sold that copy yet. Well, that Target in Emeryville did not exist before 2011. That's very true. Uh, so that is the end of my topics, and we are at about an hour, but uh, Brandon, you had something you wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a pretty good place to end, but I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about Activision buying King.com for $6 billion. Sure. I thought that would come up, too, in my new search, but it turns out that was uh, that prior was like two to weeks last ago. week's episode. Yeah. That news yeah. kind of just fell off the side of the road. Yeah. That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, it's, it's real weird to me that that was... A bunch of people thought that was a good idea. Maybe it is a good idea. Maybe I'm an idiot. But they had to take a $2.3 billion bank loan to mm. buy it yeah. King.com. And yeah. they're expecting to be profitable off of that within a really short amount of time. And all those guys have is Candy Crush and and its offspring. But they also have 45 million subscribers. Right. Yeah. Well, let, let, let's get this out of the way first. Like, that, that's what they bought. They bought customers. They bought okay, 45 but are you gonna get those customers? Like, do you get them? Do you do you transition them over well, to Hearthstone? I don't well, think you so. Can do that. So, I I think uh, even if you're not transitioning them to Hearthstone, there are like these magical cross promotion things. And uh, okay, so I was working. And you can sell their data certainly. Yeah, yeah, you can get their data and then just pawn it all around kind of town. Just wheelbarrow it over to the dollar store. Yeah. You know? That's my new favorite phrase. My my one sentence review of the James Bond film Spectre. Does everybody want to hear it? Here it is. Yeah. Spectre wheelbarrows every no wait, hold on. Spectre takes every copy of Casino Royale on Blu-ray and wheelbarrows it right over to the nearest dollar store. <laughs> That's my review. I hated that movie. Uh the end. Uh 
but yeah, yeah. So I was working in the mobile games a couple years back, and I remember someone offering to buy King.com and King.com not selling, and some office banter among people who rode fixed gear bikes and literally said one type of coffee bean was like better than the other or whatever. Uh, which I guess I don't, I don't want to talk about coffee beans. Well, that uh, is that is true. But uh, hey. like the guy was like, <laughs> I think that the sight glass coffee is better than bicycle coffee. It's like both of those coffees didn't exist before yesterday, you idiot. Uh, <laughs> and, like, these people, they were like the office banter was like, oh, King.com, they can't they can't replicate the success of Bubble Witch Saga, the game that they were working on at the time, and they did with Candy Crush Saga which made magnitudes more money. Uh, here is my... I have looked into it a lot, uh, personally. Like, I mean, I've done this for people, and I've done this for myself. Uh, mobile games are not dead. Oh, That's all that's I'm going to say. I think, there, I think there might be more... I think there might be another wave coming. Is that worth $5.9 billion or whatever it is? Uh, no, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, somebody, it's just I mean, so much money. Like if they bought them for a billion dollars, I would still be like, "Whoa!" But I'd kind of get it. But yeah. like six six billion dollars, almost. That's like how many people are are there on Earth again? Are they like if you if you want to talk about user acquisition, like uh, if if you were paying six billion dollars and you had everybody, yeah, wait, wait, yeah. What what, what is person. the what is the average spend of a person? Like two cents. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's real low, but that you know, forty five million, forty five million dollars. I mean, forty five million people. Divide that into uh, into five point nine billion, and you get, and that's how much they're paying for user acquisition. Well, the first, like, yeah. Oh, I, 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 the first thing I always say to that is like. There are people whose jobs it is to uh, determine if, if yeah. they can make back that money. That, right. That, Those that people know way of, better. Right. Uh, but to your point, how are they making uh, $6 billion? Uh, and how yeah, long is that going to take? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe a long, a long view. Yeah. Like, um, okay, there, I think there was a heavy weighing that occurred. And... Uh, they realized that yes, uh, Candy Crush, that two-word phrase "Candy Crush" is uh, a, a piece of culture, an inextricable piece of culture that will endure for yeah. 30 years or for 15 years. Uh, so they bought it like a I don't know, I don't know. They put their money down on it. So I mean, could just be. You never know how these people think. Yeah. yeah. But but is it really the IP? Because I I can't imagine that IP being more valuable than uh, Star Wars, you know, well, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> like, or yeah. Marvel yeah. comics, you know, like like it's it's I'm I'm pretty sure that number has to at least eighty percent of that has to be justified by buying the, the uh, users, right? The users. Like, um. So yeah, how are you monetizing those? It's like. To me, the first thing I thought was, okay, yeah, Activision has always been kind of terrible at mobile. So yeah. they obviously just gave up and bought it, right? Um, but what are they what are they converting these people to if they're not good at mobile? Yeah. 
Um, well, are we are we just so short-sighted that we're not seeing the grander scheme here? Hearthstone, I guess. Um, also, if unless unless I did my calculations incorrectly, which is extremely possible because <laughs> I just tried to type it on this calculator, um, they paid a hundred thirty-one dollars per user. Which okay. that doesn't sound so bad. Now it these. doesn't. It doesn't sound that crazy. Yeah, if, I've got but, Candy Crush on my phone. If I delete it, will Activision give me $131? I hope so. If, Ooh. But how many how many of those users are active? How many of them are just accounts? I'm how many of them have ever paid anything? I've never paid anything. Yeah. No, why would you? It's, the game it's is... A, but is, I mean, uh, it's, it's also a platform. It's a platform for ads. Uh, you yes. can. It's a place to put. It's a network. It's like you're buying a TV network. At this yeah, it's point. true. If you if you've got 45 million pairs of eyeballs, you can you can go to that's to 90 Pepsi million eyeballs and be like, I know you got I know you got nothing uh, on Coke right now. What if what if yeah. we put you into our Candy Crush soda side thing or whatever it is called? There's Candy something. Crush soda side. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Candy Crush soda side. So uh, it, I, th- I think in conclusion, uh, we can all agree uh, that when the limited edition physical copy of Candy Crush Saga comes out, uh, we'll be there day one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that was the Insert Credit Show episode, uh, what was it, 115? 115. 115. Uh, you can follow us on, on, on that Twitter there by searching our names, but if... Uh, if you're too lazy to search our names and, and want to search our handles instead, slightly yeah. fewer characters, uh, mine is at Frank Cifaldi. That is uh, one fewer character, that character being the space bar. Uh, yeah. Brandon is at Necrosofty. Yeah. Tim is the shortest one of all. And uh, oh, yeah. boy, was he proud to get this one at 108. That's me. I love it. Uh, follow us on Facebook at IC Podcast. That's not uh, IC is in with your eyes. That is the letters I. And I think C. it's actually insert credit that you can follow us on for that one. But we also have an IC Podcast Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, follow us at insert credit or whatever on Facebook. Uh, thanks, as always, to, to to Blaine Brown, who is uh, our editor of these podcasts. Who uh, Tireless. A tireless editor. Who uh, who does more work on this than than we do? Uh, yeah. Thank you very much, Blaine, and uh, thank you all for listening to us. Uh, if you guys only download this episode, you might not know that we broadcast this uh, live every week, typically Wednesday night. Uh, though you might want to go ahead and follow us on Twitter to 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 ensure that because uh, we've not been so great at sticking to a schedule, but uh, <laughs> but typically Wednesday night. Uh, and, uh, well, I guess that's it. Any, any final thoughts before we go, guys? I think that'll about do it for me. Uh, I think, uh, oh, I just, uh, I saw a game on Steam Greenlight earlier today that I, I want to play, so everybody Greenlight about it. No, the game is called Fragmental. Uh, check it, just look it up on Steam Greenlight. Was like, that Frankmental or Fragment? Fragment, like Fragmental, Fragment, with yeah. an A-L on the end. It's British, but, uh. Don't uh, hold that against it. It looks like something I want to play. It looks like a Neo-Contra Neo MOBA arena shooter top-down for four local players. looks real neat. All right, um, well, if you like Tim, go go upvote uh, Fragmental on Steam Greenlight. Yeah, go for it, if and, it's still uh, on there. By the All, time. Right, <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, oh, thanks wow. a lot, everybody. Yippee! Bye.
Insert credit show. Silver, yeah! Uh, it's none of y'all's business what how big my drop B is.